Welcome to The Walking OG, Tribal Rant's unofficial podcast for the popular long-running series The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Michelle. And I am Mike. And tonight we're podcasting Season 6, Episode 15. It's the penultimate episode. It's called East. And this is aptly titled because... Carol went east. But, if you think about it also... What was yesterday? Easter. Easter. <laughs> Wonder if that has something to do. That's funny. I don't know, but I just I thought about it. So, you know, East Easter. That's funny. That's yeah. really good. You think they could have really done? I guess. Well, they it's like that Bob Seger song. She could have gone east. She could have gone west. You know, any place she wanted to go, and she went east. So she went east. She went east. I think because it was Easter. She might have. Of course, now it was filmed on a non-Easter day. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead. Yeah, I actually heard, I watched The Talking Dead last night, and I heard that this was filmed in late October, early November. Couldn't you tell from the trees? I was looking at that tonight. I was looking at the, the you know. Um, foliage. The foliage and the clothes they were wearing, you know, light jackets. And I thought, well, you know, because you know it's filmed in Atlanta. Right. but But I was thinking... You know, they're wearing jackets, and the grass is still green. But I looked in the background, and the trees, the leaves were turning. Really? But they hadn't fallen yet. They yeah. Weren't, they weren't falling, you know, in mass. So I thought, hmm, what, you know, what, it, it's got to be like fall. So I, I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, cleared up a little bit for me as far as the foliage goes. Well, also, you know, in many story arcs, the way things are told, when something bad is coming... It's fall because you're anticipating winter. You're anticipating the darkness and the <gasps> the White coming. Walkers are going to show up. Ooh, that would not be good. No. But now, in in many of these series, the penultimate episode is the best one of the season. It's the one with all the action. They do that. I know, like particularly, it seems like on Game of Thrones, the the one before the the finale is always. Like the big, big, you know, knock your socks off episode. There was a lot more action, I thought, last week. And the week before. Yeah, and this was more of a... It was a mind game. Well, it was a relationship thing, too. They were showing all these new relationships and some old relationships, you know, Maggie and Glenn. But they were they were focusing on Abraham and Sasha's relationship and... Michonne and Rick's relationship, and um, Carol and um, Tobin. Tobin's relationship, and then Rick and Morgan's relationship. They were. It was about. It was about. It was. It was a lot about relationships. Um, I also, I, I mean, I, I liked it in that there was. It was moving. You know, it wasn't just the, you know, the touchy feely soap opera stuff. But the thing that kind of struck me about it was it was the episode of. Um, Poor decisions and out of character, out of character behavior. I thought, man, can we talk about that for just a minute? Because we're going to get a chance to talk about it all through this. Can we? We can talk about it as long as we want to. Well, we have to because that's. <laughs> not the whole thing. I don't know if anybody wants to hear it though. But but seriously, how completely stupid, right? This is Daryl was the well actually Carol. It was Carol. That was the first. That was the first out of character. Totally reckless and, uh, you know, over-dramatized. And she wrote Tobin a letter, but she, you know, she she didn't write 
you know, she just she's known Tobin for twenty minutes, right? And she's known Rick, you know, since and Carl. Yeah, I mean, and she's she's this was her family, and Rick even said as much as he's walking right. through the field with the fall foliage behind him, right? Morgan. Right. And but she writes Tobin the letter, and Tobin has to take the letter to Rick, and of course Rick comes out and finds out that Daryl's already taken off, and then. People have gone after Daryl, and nobody checked in with Rick or right. said anything. Okay, they now, just took off. I mean, that now Daryl made Daryl doesn't usually operate that way. No, but I don't blame Daryl. Daryl, Daryl, I can give overlook. A pass. I guess. I mean, I guess. Everybody Maybe wants just to overlook Daryl. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I like Daryl too, and I like Daryl's character. Like. Daryl's a hothead, and Daryl's been a hothead since the beginning. He's learned to temper it a little bit. Or but Norman's it's not, character, rather. I'm sorry. But it's it's not um, it's not so out of character for him when he sees somebody get shot and he blames himself. I completely buy that Daryl would lose his mind over that and want to go after them and seek revenge, particularly in the case with Dwight. I completely buy that. It's just a little... That's a separate issue to me. Let's just put that to the side just for a minute and talk about Carol, because that's the one that, that gets me. I don't I don't like this at all. I don't like the way she went off. That's ridiculous. She's it's a real dangerous time. She knows what's coming. She knows what she just did. If she's going to go off at some point, don't don't do it right then because it's selfish. And then to have everybody go after her. Now, this isn't a woman who's just out there in trouble. It's not just one of their own who's just in trouble. This is someone who's made this choice. And then they're all going to, like, sacrifice potentially everybody back in Alexandria to go after this one adult woman. Yeah, they end up with, like, what, seven of their best fighters gone and not communicating with each other and then further split once they get out there. And you see what happens. Yeah. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. And it leaves everybody back, back at camp, back at Alexandria, vulnerable. Carol vacillates between this... Martha Stewart and Jack Bauer persona. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, she's Martha Bauer. Yeah. Well, she's she's you know hyperventilating one minute and she's you know jabbing somebody with a spike the next. Second. I believe her. I believe. I think now they're showing us this is not an act with Carol. Carol. Well, she's has very like, good at, at masking whether it is or isn't. I think it's like almost like a maybe like a PTSD or something where she's really like having these kind of physical reactions to these situations now that she don't want to be put in, and then she has to handle them. That's certainly how I'm taking it. But I mean, I I believe her reaction to it. I do not think that it's that it's put on anymore. I could be wrong. Well, her, I, her momentary break from being PTSD works for her, so. As far as survival goes, so whatever works. But great. well, I mean, I got to tell you that I'm just I'm I'm a little bit and maybe more than a little bit put off by. Well, yeah, you don't get to have a, a personal crisis during a zombie apocalypse. You just you just I mean that that affects everybody. Right, and, right. She's having like this adult temper tantrum where she's gonna you know, it's like you say all the time. Go home, you know, take her ball and go home. You know, she's going to take her expertise and just leave and leave them all there. Yeah. I mean, why couldn't Morgan have written a letter and left? (laughs) This is after she's gotten close with 
Tobin too? What 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 was the point of that? What was even the point of that relationship if she's just going to leave? And I I love Melissa McBride. I think it, she's a great actress, and I love everything about this. There's nothing at all. I mean, this is how it was written. But I hate this. I don't like this at all. They've got look. Sometimes there's enough trouble, right? You don't have to add more trouble onto trouble. We would be just as um, on the edge of our seats, I think, with with just the situation, right? The the Savior's coming for them, and and we know Negan's coming, and all this kind of stuff. We don't need the added uh, complication of their already bad situation, right? It's, right. it's just self inflicted, too much, right? Yeah. Right, the self inflicted stuff. Yeah. that's it's, it's no, too much that's, to that's me. That's exactly it. The the episode of poor decisions and out of character behaviors. Yeah, this is what it was. Well, we start off with um, we see that Mad Max looking car that they've got there. Yeah, with the sticks. With it the was, spears. It was, yeah, previously used as a as a blocking and skewering device for the zombies, the zombies that would wander up to, uh, you know, between those two houses approaching the Alexandria right. Gate. Right. And we hear shouts, and there's massive blood dripping, just drips in the total silence and stuff. Just, and that's it. That's all we get before the intro of this, which is unusual for them. A lot of times they'll have... It's pretty uh, artistically well done, though, I think. In many, many ways, this episode was. I completely agree with that. And I thought it was a great episode. I just hate that part of it. I hate that part of it. Because, well, we'll get into it. There's there's so many things. And I, I See, I hate to pick it apart. If Carol hadn't done that, and all these people hadn't taken off after her and done all this, then there would be much less. We could still talk about the the artistic parts and the great parts, but it's just not this We've got to we've call. Got to, we got to be careful of talking about hating so much because I love to love, but my baby, baby just, just loves to dance. Okay. She wants to dance. <laughs> she has to dance. Okay. What was that on? What was that show? Was it? I uh, don't even remember. Was it River or? Yeah, River. River is yeah. what it's called. Yeah, we just watched this uh, a, a Netflix show. It was a yeah, it was, while ago. It was, right? Yeah, it was interesting. It was a yeah. British show, I think. But they had that um, that 70s song. song, yeah, seventies disco hit. Yeah, several times, and it's pretty. Don't get pretty me started talking about songs because I'm about to educate you about Johnny Cash oh, in just no. a minute. Yep. Okay. Um. Well, Carol has, as Mike just mentioned a moment ago, she has written a note, and so she's we we see her note when when we come back, that she's written. It, it takes us actually back a little bit before where it left us off in the last episode. And it shows her with the note, and she's got um, food and stuff like that, and she's sewing something. You can't tell what she's sewing. We, we later find, find out, out later, yeah. It was a, it, we, we find out later it was a weapon she was sewing into the sleeve of her coat, you know, MacGyver, female MacGyver. Right. Yeah, she did a really good job with that. She did a too, great job. Didn't you think? Yeah. Is that possible? You think? Uh, well, Carol did it. Well, there you go. Killed a bunch of people too. But she's uh, packing food and everything. Tobin's calling to her, and so she puts all this stuff under the bed, right? And he comes in. And he's talking to her about Denise, and he's hurt his hand, uh, digging or putting up some kind of trellis or something, some kind of new guard tower. Yeah, what yeah, tower. Right, right. But um, now she blanks him out. While he's talking, it's just like, 
you know, he's talking and he kind of fades to the background where she's just sitting there looking at him. So she's just, she she's already disconnecting. Like Charlie Brown with his teacher, yeah. womp, womp, womp. Womp, womp. Um, I used to love that. <laughs> but she says that she's worried about Tara and how Tara's going to react to Denise. But she's not. I mean, she's not worried about anything, right? That was just her excuse for, I don't know, not paying attention or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, they start to kiss, and this is where the music comes on. We hear Johnny Cash's It's All Over. Yeah, aptly titled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a little ominous, it's isn't huge. it? Yeah, it is all Well, we don't know if it's just all over for her. Now, that Johnny Cash song is interesting. It was, um, it was a single. It was released as a single in 1976, and it only got to number 41 on the country and western uh, charts and you remember in the 70s the country and western charts weren't you know as popular as they are now you know right. now it's really you know, everybody's country right it's, new, it's the new pop they but, were country when country wasn't cool. it was yeah, yeah peanuts and a coca-cola we'll get to all that mm-hmm. some other day but uh on the b side of this single it was released as a single and on the b side the name of the song i've never heard of was riding riding in ends with an n ride in on the cotton belt this um, uh, this song was showed up. He had a he had a three part greatest hits um, uh, set, and the first one came out. Part one came out in 1971. Part two, I think, was uh, 73 or, or so, and then then part three of Johnny Cash's greatest hits set came out in 1978 and included this song that had never been on an album before. So it's funny he would think to add this to a greatest hits set in that 1978. Hit, right. It was only it only made it to number 41, but he loved it so much. He wanted it on his greatest hits. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, so and, how does that And now in 2016, it's on one of the most popular television shows and it just shows I think it shows Johnny Cash's brilliance as a uh, songwriter and performer. That, yeah. That this song was was. I mean, and I thought it was a fantastic song. You know, it was just him and a guitar. Right. And, well. And he wrote it and he produced it, and Johnny Cash and the uh, was it the Tennessee Three recorded really? it. Yeah. That's, well, isn't that fun? That was his. That was his band, the Tennessee Three. I didn't know that. John, I didn't either. Johnny Cash and the Tennessee Three. But I thought that that was. Um, it was worth uh, worth worth talking about. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, and the words to this song and everything too. How do they find this stuff? Somebody is doing an excellent job with the music on this show and also on um, on the Americans. Oh well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course, you know, being children of the eighties, we're you know, right, kind of kind of biased on that but this song it says it says in the song many times it says um you know and i'm i don't know the words to it but i did write down stop your crying run around and let her go i was kind of you know typing it as they were saying it, and i probably missed some words in there but it was saying let her go and i kind of we're we're hearing this as they're going after her yeah let her go yeah so it was like hey if johnny cash is telling you let her go yeah, you just might as well let her go. You gotta let her go. Yeah. 
Then we see Carl. What did you think about that, where he's looking at that pistol? Now, we saw this last week, but we didn't get a good glimpse of what he was looking at. It was a baseball bat with wire around it. Mm-hmm. It had been hand-carved into the wood wood grain handle. This looks like it was a 9 millimeter or maybe a, even a 45 even. And Carl doesn't know what he's looking at, but unfortunately, we know what he's looking at, right? Yeah. It's, that's um, Negan names his... Uh, and this might be a spoiler, so mute it for like 10 seconds if you don't want to know it. But Negan names his, the club or the baseball bat, whatever it is that has the the bob wire, wire wrapped around it, Lucille. So I think this is a picture of Lucille that we see there. Well, it's a symbol anyway. Right, right. Yeah. Then we see Glenn and Maggie in the shower. What do you think about that? Uh, un- unnecessary. I I took okay. We kept having like these these. Cl- it's just like you said the relationship scenes, right? But then they were ripped apart. We had Carol with Tobin, and then we know what's coming with that, right? She's leaving, mm-hmm. and then we had Maggie and Glenn, and they're in there, and you know it's it's. I don't know. I mean, they're married, and it's touching, and it's, you know, and she's, like, washing his hair. But then, did you notice he noticed, like, the bruise or something mm-hmm. that was on her hip? And so I think that even in their in their soft moments, in their moments when everything feels okay in there, they're always brought back to the reality of what they have to face and what they face. It's like there's just no peace well, if you think about all the couples togetherness scenes in this episode, it just occurred to me we might be seeing everyone who's going to be violently ripped apart next episode. We may. We may. Um, well, I'll get to that. I don't want to tell it yet. Well, I guess I could go ahead and tell it. The girl on Talking Dead promised us that we would find out about Daryl. In the finale, we do not have it, will not be a cliffhanger, so that's good. That's all she would say, of course. They're not going to say anything else, but it's not going to be a cliffhanger from season to season, which you never know. You know, how because remember Glenn when they did that with Glenn, it was week after week. It's almost long enough that we didn't care much anymore, you know. So I really hope we had resigned ourselves that Glenn had been eaten, right. I, I don't think that's a good idea for him personally to do it like that. Because now, I don't know how you feel. I mean, I love Glenn. I love Glenn and Maggie. I don't want to see Maggie hurt and blah, blah, caveat, caveat. But I've already mourned Glenn's death. Look, there are certain political candidates that have spawned riots lately. And if they do something to Daryl Dixon, I'm just telling you, I'll be out there with the mob. If Daryl dies... We riot. We riot. We do. And... Our youngest daughter wore that T-shirt we have, today. We, we, we just not that we enjoy Daryl's performances or his character, but we have cousins that could be Daryl. So we do. We feel very close to Daryl, yeah. almost a kinship. Well, we see Daryl now, and he's holding that keychain. So we know what he's vindicating, right? We know his motivation. Yes. He's uh, holding he's, the dentist. He's avenging uh, Denise, but still... To act this way without checking with Rick Grimes is out of character for Daryl. Or 
Daryl's Daryl's tight with Rick. He is tight, and maybe not asking Rick, but telling Rick anyway. I think Daryl's all about unit integrity, also. So there, I don't think Daryl would uh, would put the the group at risk, and he would know if he thought it through. They're not gonna they're gonna come after him to try to help him. They're gonna come, but the way that they came was so disorganized. I mean, not Just, even not even making a plan. Or hey, Daryl, what left? Let's go get him. Okay, well, don't bother telling anybody. Just go. Okay, so we've seen Carol and Tobin. We've seen Glenn and Maggie, and we've seen we see Abraham here and Sasha. And then we see Rick and Michonne next. Right. But, 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 Abraham and Sasha are all before the music stops, just so you're aware. If that means anything, who knows, right? Mm -hmm. They're all three. Abraham and Sasha, Glenn and Maggie, Carol and Tobin. So if your theory holds out that these people are going to be ripped apart, we could see something with these three. Everyone except Rick and Michonne. Rick and Michonne are after the music stops. So... I don't know. I'm, I just wanted to point that out. But Abraham is relieving Sasha, who's on watch right then. And they have that little moment. She hands him like a cigar and everything. And, and then uh, she looks over at Rosita, who's standing there looking at him. Oh, yeah. She's giving him this stink eye. <laughs> Poor old Rosita. And I can't understand it. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I... Now look at Sasha. She's attractive. Woman. Oh my gosh! Did yeah. you see Sasha on Talking yes, Dead last night? Yes. She is fabulous. Yeah. That woman is fabulous. But I mean, it looked like him and Rosita had you had know, a relationship too. I know. And, I don't understand. And they were like you know thoroughly engaged. They were. They they engaged. Yeah. Like. So I don't I don't get it. I mean, I'm wondering how scornful Rosita really is. I mean, you know, she's looking at him with scorn. I'm wondering how deep that goes. And you wonder, you know, you think, well, you know, Sasha's a warrior, and that's what Abraham was attracted to. But Rosita's a warrior in her own right. Man, she is. She's isn't tough. She? I know. She's tough. She doesn't take anything off anybody. She was out there training them, and 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 just you know playing drill sergeant, and you know suck it up. And I mean, and who's to say? Who's to I, say? I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know where, why that little twist. But I guess, seriously, in a, in a situation like that, it's been a couple years, and people do break up. People do find other, I mean, you know, that happens in life. And maybe it's just a twist of life, or who knows. I mean, you know, when, when Abraham later on is talking to Rick about, uh, don't you hate to let people get close to you, or something like that. I mean, how hor- horrible is that? Maybe in a zombie apocalypse, you just have to trade up every once in a while to keep keep it real. I don't know. Trade up? Well, you know what I'll I mean. just say trade over, because I don't know. I mean, Sasha and Rosita well, are both just spectacular. Well, trade up doesn't mean uh, trading up necessarily. It just means trade up. You know, let's trade. trade up. Yeah, I'm going to trade, yeah. Okay. So, if something happens, just so you know. In a zombie apocalypse? Yeah, I mean, anything? you Anything? Know, i got to follow the rules. Okay. So the music actually stops here, like I said, and then we go to Rick and Michonne. They were in bed, and what did you think about that apple thing? That was really weird. Uh, they followed the scripture because, you know, Eve is the one who actually, you know, ruined Adam. Um, it's, it, and it's written down. It's not my opinion. It's just there. It's in Genesis. Look it up. Uh, she took the apple and ate of the fruit and then gave a bite to uh, Rick, a.k.a. Adam, for this scene. 
And then, uh, and then immediately mentioned that um, that Jesus came through for. And him. then, yeah, and then mentioned made a reference to Jesus, and it was really uh, kind of weird. But. Well, I think the point was we have fruit now. Look, Jesus held up his part. Well, that's but. another thing that they were showing. I think when they started, other than just the relationships and you know the 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 intimacy of it all, but the. Uh, the contentment of everybody. You know, these people are, you know, these people in relationships are content with their relationships. Now they have an abundance of food almost. And they're. Yeah, they're, but they're still showing something negative in every one of them. We see Carol has just planted that, that pack underneath the bed before she has her intimate relationship with Tobin. Then with Maggie and Glenn, we see the bruise and the, you know, the reminder. And then here. And then with Abraham and Sasha, we see we see Rosita, Rosita giving the stink eye. But with Michonne and Rick, we don't see. We right after that they start talking about that they're coming, that they know they're coming. Rick says um, they'll come for them, and when they do, they're going to end it. They're talking about the Savior's coming for them because they know now that this is not over, and they're just kind of waiting for the shoe to fall. It seems. So yeah. even even with them, we see like a you know they're in bed and they're close and they're they're eating the fruit and and the spoils sort of of their of their labor for lack of you know knowing how to put that better and still they know you know it's the 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 negativity is still there it's still there. So then we see that Glenn and Maggie and Michonne, they're dividing up the guns and trying to decide what they're going to do with them. And this is where we see Daryl drive off. And they jump in the van. It's Glenn and Michonne. And Abraham wants to go, but Rosita jumps in the van first. It's like you said, I mean, Daryl's gone, and they're behind him, what, like 15 seconds, 30 seconds? I mean, it's just immediate, yeah, right? they take off behind him pretty quick. And... Rosita says she's going because she knows where Daryl's going because she knows where Denise was killed and which way Dwight went. And Daryl's a tracker. We've seen that time and again. Yes. So he's going to go track. And we see him tracking when we see him in the field right. this time. Then we see that Tobin takes that note to Rick, like you mentioned earlier. Tobin has found the note from Carol, and he's taking it to Rick, and Rick's just furious, and he's questioning him as they're walking out toward the gate and everything, and then we, um, Sasha's saying, hey, I was on watch from 12 to 6, and I didn't see her. Did you notice how Carol got away from that? Did you, did you notice the car, the Mad Max mobile with the, with the spikes in it that Carol was driving? I did. At the scene, she had taped rags over the over the tail lights. Ah. So it wouldn't Right. So they couldn't so she see left her driving. Dark. Up. Yeah. Yeah, because they were saying uh I think Sasha even said I didn't see headlights, I didn't see tail lights. Or know. brake lights. Brake, because right, of, right. Yeah, because of the rags. Right. That's yeah, it was covered. But um but they did notice that one of the cars was missing out there. One of the newer cars that they had put the spikes through to catch the zombie. So Rick and Morgan go after her. And then Rick says, nobody else leaves. He's like, turns around, but now we've got Rick gone. Yeah. we got Morgan. Like of course, seven Morgan, of them out there. You know, Morgan would just throw everybody in that little cell. But 
Um, but Rick and Morgan, Daryl's gone, Michonne's gone, Glenn's gone, Rosita's, uh, Rosita's gone. gone. Um, how many were? Well, and Carol. And Carol. Let's count Carol. And then we go to a commercial. Now, in this commercial, we see Better Call Saul. How are you liking Better Call Saul? I love Better Call Saul. This, this year. I like it. It's, it's getting better and better. It is, isn't it? It's, um... But it's turned from a, a comedy to a drama. It has. But I it's... Think, I think... I don't think that's been purpose. I don't, purpose. Right. On purpose, I think that's just the way that's progressed. Right. It's what worked. Well, Saul in Breaking Bad was always really... He he was kind of comedic relief. Comic what relief. Was going on, right. right. And so I think that it would be like that for the show. And it kind of started out that way, this kind of silliness. But, but there's just too much, um, I don't know, too much drama. Not too much, but too much to make it a comedy. I think it's a fabulous, fabulous show. I think it's, just like you said, I think it's getting better. The only thing that stresses me out about Better Call Saul is I know how it ends. As far as I know where Saul ends up in that uh, uh, shop in the middle of wherever he's at, yeah, Nebraska the or donut shop. Yeah, it's a, it's a Cinnabon. That's what it is. Cinnabon, yeah. yeah. But anyway, our friends Mike and Jamie over at West Coast Project do a podcast podcast on Better Call Saul, and it's really a good, good podcast. They're really good at it. So you guys might want to check that out if you like Better Call Saul. It's on westcoastproject.com. But we come back, and we see Carol. She's driving down the road in that car. Would she have pulled? Well, I guess she couldn't. She didn't get far, right? How far is she? Couldn't have gotten very far because Rick and Morgan caught up with her pretty quick. Right. I mean, how about if she left in the dark? I mean, how long did it take her to get that far? It just seems it was kind of odd. They're Look, notorious. Women never that. drive straight through. They always have to stop, you know. To get coffee, whatever. Starbucks, yeah. Whatever, see the sights, get gas, pull over, stretch their legs, but... You know, a couple of guys in a car, they're going to drive straight through. They're going to try to make good time. And so they just caught up with her. Is that what it was? Well, I mean, you tell me. Okay. You've, how many trips have you taken with me? Um, A bunch. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So you tell me. You don't stop. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make better time every time. Every time. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, if you can't, you know, cut your time, then... Then what's know. the point? Yeah. Right. Who am I competing with anyway, after all, just myself? Yourself, right? right. Not that car in front of me who never should have been issued a driver's license, oh no. Right, right. But Carol, she's got the wind in her hair, and um, she sees a truck coming toward her. (sighs) Yeah, I know, and that quick. I mean, you would think she'd get a little reprieve and not be outside the compound 10 miles and, and, you know, run into, you know, a truckload of saviors. No, and they they start firing on her as as they go past her. I mean, yeah, they shoot her tires out, and mm-hmm. then they turn around and they try to give her a little speech. And they mock her a little bit, and make fun of her, and she pulls the old Morgan stuff. Boy, I just that guy. If that's what she's doing, I mean, that's is what she? she's doing. She's she's adopted either either acting or like you say, you believe that she's she's. PTSD and transform me back into I really you know, old do. Carol that doesn't that hates violence. So this is Morgan's thing. This is he said this to her. He said he said as much right. to her. You know, just ask him to. And and she she seemed indignant and pissed off the first time he suggested that she uh, say this or that it could be used as a tactic. You know, just tell him to go. Right. Tell him to go home. Tell him to turn around and leave. 
And she just kind of scoffed. And this, this is what she, the exact thing she finds herself doing with these saviors. You know, just go. Just go. You can leave and just, you know, go. And then she's hyperventilating again. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're laughing. And they think it's funny. And then she just... Uh, i got to tell you, it is a good act, even if it's not an act. You know what I mean? It's a good shtick, whether it is or not. Because it really puts these people at ease over... Yeah, it's disarming. Right. I mean, how how dangerous do you picture somebody who's trembling and shaking yeah. and crying and saying, please don't do this? And who and expects that? Martha Stewart to have a machine gun sewn up in her, in her jacket? Well, too bad that... Uh, Hero and uh, Miles and the rest of those guys didn't because they paid the price for it, for underestimating Martha, what do we call her, Bauer? Martha Bauer. But she says, I mean, she's quick. Do you think she'd come up with the name on her own earlier, or do you think she just thought about that off the cuff when they asked her who she was, and she said she's Nancy from Montclair? Yeah, Nancy from Montclair. (laughs) She's That's nobody funny. going nowhere. She's been nowhere. I know, I just, I, I know it looks like I've just had a shower and all my clothes are clean, but really I've I've just been driving down the road since, you know, Ohio. Right, with old gas because, you know, gas is With a car with a stick car. sticking out of it. <laughs> right. And we find out that the saviors have already reconned Alexandria. They sure have. Because they've seen those cars with those sticks. And Right. Right, and they 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 say that they're headed there, that that's where they were headed anyway. So are they really that close to getting to Alexandria? Were they really headed there, like, to attack? Do you think the attack would have really just been this, these five guys in a truck, or are there more people coming from more directions toward Alexandria? And if they were really headed toward Alexandria, right, if that was true... Wouldn't the saviors get all of their people, or at least the bulk of their people, to go toward Alexandria? Do you think Dwight would still be in the woods, running around these exact same woods? I mean, are they close to the saviors' uh, lair out there in those woods? I don't know. Those are all good questions. Do you think that the saviors... They obviously have, like, different groups, right? Like, different areas, because they went in there and wiped them all out at that That one location, place. yeah. The remote locations, yeah. I mean, I, that makes sense. But I, would, I wouldn't think that Dwight and all them would still just be out, you know, traipsing through the woods if they're all planning the, the attack on Alexandria. But I don't know. I don't know what they know or how many people they think's there or how many people they have to overtake it. I don't know anything. But Carol starts, she's sobbing, and she's telling them they don't have to do this. And then, man, she unloads on them, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she empties her weapon. But did you notice now, you know, Carol is a badass, right? I mean, I don't think any of us can argue that, correct? Do you think she would continue to fire like that afterward, do you think that was okay? Because she unloaded, and then she's just click, 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 which let the guy know, the driver know, that she was out of bullets, so he could come toward her. And he did. And if she hadn't done that, he wouldn't have gotten out of that truck. I don't know whether he would or not. Well, probably not, and come toward her unless he knew that she was empty on rounds. Maybe. 
But I mean, you know, wouldn't she have another gun too somewhere? Yeah, I mean, you know, she's I mean, she's Martha Stewart, but Jack Bauer always has the right. Jack Bauer part of her would have had a, yeah, a backup of, weapon for sure. Kind of wrapped up with a with a Mission Impossible kind of theme too, you know. It looks like she's killed everybody but the driver. The driver gets out and he starts coming toward her and he's shooting at her and she falls to the ground behind the car and when he gets on the other side of the car, she skewers him. Yeah, she takes one of those sticks and 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 right just pulls through. it and jams it back through the window right. and, and through him. Right. And then she sees that there's still another guy alive over on the other side of the car. Yep. Sees his boot and tells him to come on out. And he won't. And then we hear a blast and we go to a commercial. We don't even know what's happened there. And then we go to Enid. She's going through the pantry when Maggie walks in. Now, what what's that all about, do you think? Enid hands her the pickles, and she says she's going to take her shift, that she wants to be helpful. Do you think it could be because one of the women on Talking Dead last night said, it's too much for me to think that Maggie is losing that baby after all this? She said, I think she just got some bad pickles. wonder if that could have been why the pickles Maybe, were yeah. handed but, I mean, and why they made a show of not it. not stupid enough to think that pickles can affect a pregnancy. No, no, but that would, you know, I mean, you could get a hold of something malpreserved, right? Yeah. And they showed that. I don't know. I thought that was kind of a, I'm I'm with them. I don't want to see anything going wrong with Maggie's baby. That's right? unfortunate. Okay, and then we go to the scene where Rick is talking to Morgan as they're driving down the road. Boy, you think these about two that? guys, they are just polar opposites now. They couldn't be any more philosophically different driving down the road here but then again they do have that you know from the first episode relationship That's, yeah they've got that they've got history yeah it's 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 rick's known morgan longer than he's known any of these people except for carl and morgan saved his life and morgan saved his life and then of course morgan tried to kill him when he when he discovered morgan you know holed up in that place he discovered him but michonne at did earlier. steal that protein michonne got the protein granola bar, bar yeah yep, protein bar and uh, so they're driving down the road talking, and of course Morgan's always selling. He's, He's always preaching his philosophy. Selling, yeah, always, and and he tries to be subtle and sometimes not so subtle. But you know, I just want Rick to reach over, open the door, and just kind of <laughs> let him, you know, push him out. Okay, well, right here Morgan says there is no right. He says I'm not right. There's just the wrong that doesn't, or the wrong that doesn't pull you down, or whatever. Oh, I know. He's got to be that guy. And then Morgan says he knows Rick, and he knows that, you know, stuff will pull him down, or something to that effect. Yeah, he's trying to appeal to Rick. But it's true. I mean, we've seen Rick pulled down before, so that's we, true. We have, but he should leave Rick alone. And now. I actually agree with him. Well, I mean, you know, there's no, Rick's in zone right now, and they understand that something's coming up big with these saviors. And Rick understands, I think, either either um, consciously or subconsciously, that he has to stay in zone. And he even made a point, you know, later there in the field. You know, I don't take chances anymore, and he is. Focused like a laser on being Warrior Rick, and his timing is perfect. So Morgan needs to go sell that stuff. Him and Carol need to go start a, a, a peaceful commune and see how long that works. Well, I think the point of it is this. You're going to have to do things you don't want to do in this world. 
whether you're in the compound or outside the compound. You're either going to kill or be killed at this point. There is no, um, I'll go someplace where I don't have to do that. And I think once maybe, I don't know, maybe Carol will come to some kind of realization like that if, if she gets a chance to. But now we're back at the at the car wreck, carnage site, and Miles, the passenger in that truck, he's hurt, but he's not dead. And he gets out of the car, and we see that it's Hero on the ground. And he's dying, obviously. I mean, it looks like he's dying. And Miles tells him, just go. Just let it go, or something. And then we see Rick and Morgan coming up. So it hadn't been any time, right? I mean, Carol was just driving yeah, she by was there. just there, yeah. Um, well, Rick goes to the dying man. They don't see Carol, but they see the car, and they know she was there. And Rick goes to the dying man, and when he can't be any help to him, he stabs him in the head and ends his uh, misery and suffering. And then Rick, I thought that was pretty cool. Rick notices that the the weapons, the spears that they had, were from Hilltop. Were from Hilltop, were and the Hilltop. saviors were the ones that were getting the metal works from. From the people at Hilltop. Hilltop. That's pretty cool deduction, isn't it? I mean, like now you can like tell people by their by their by their weaponry. It's almost it's almost like I don't know, like primitive. Yeah. You know, like the Indians used to do. Um, yeah, yeah. My cousin collects arrowheads and has a very extensive collection. He's been collecting them for about forty years, and uh, they've got you know different Indians and different tribes use different methods for and different different stones and different shapes for making uh, stone implements. Isn't that I mean? Yeah. So you can tell a lot, or at, at least tell from where it came. You can tell a lot about a guy by the spear that by he carries. By a spear, yeah. okay. Well, Rick says that he's proud of Carol because she took out four of them. And Morgan is telling him that's why Carol left, because she can't do this anymore. But Rick says she can do it when she has to, and she had to. Yeah, see, Rick is, is uh, even even in their conversation, they're, they're selling each other's uh, philosophies. Right, right, right. Well, Rick points out that she could have even died here. I mean, Rick Rick's, Rick's pointing to Morgan, the body count. Right, right. But Rick... They don't know if Carol's a zombie. No, they don't know if she's you know died and yeah, walked away. Off, yeah. Right, but it's they follow funny. a trail of blood. It's funny that we don't know if she's died and walked away. I know, away. I know. Only in a zombie apocalypse can we say things like this. But Rick points out that they didn't end it with the saviors, and this is where Morgan says they just started it. You know, so he's like, you know, you started it. He did. He said you thing. started something. Yeah, and they're walking across that field. I thought walking across that field was a great shot, too. Oh, yeah, that was another one of those artistic shots, like what you were talking about, I agree. But then we see Miles. He was the hidden uh, savior guy, the passenger seat guy, and he picks up Carol's rosary, and now he goes after her. So was Miles going after Rick and Morgan? Because it looked like he followed them into that field. It looked like he did, but... I don't know what the hell he's thinking. No, he's wounded. Helped. He's armed with a rosary. <laughs> well, I mean, he he could have some other weaponry on him, I suppose. Yeah, but he could, but I don't think a wounded guy is going to go after two two non-wounded guys. And across I mean, an open field? Across an open field? No, that doesn't make any sense. I know, I didn't, but it, that's what it looked like he was doing. He or was, maybe they're wandering toward 
uh, Negan's camp. They may be, and, and maybe Miles is just like following up. Right, behind I'm gonna them. right, gonna. Uh, I didn't think about that. Well, then we go back to Glenn, Rosita, and Michonne, and they're back where Denise died. And did you see that hungry zombie back there? Man, she was going after that body laying there, wasn't she? It like was awfully chewy part of the meat there that, was that they had yeah, chewed into. And Rosita, when she gets back there, she has one of those moments, and she says, maybe we should just let Daryl do this, because she was there, and she saw what happened with Denise, and she felt all that, where, of course, Glenn and Michonne, as much as they care about Denise and everything, didn't. You know, they yeah, weren't a part of that. Rosita has moved back to, in her mind, she's, she's back there. Yeah, in yeah. In her mind. She's, she's went, gone back in time, and she's remembering. Well, they find Daryl's bike. He's got it under some brush now. Daryl ain't leaving that bike out in the open no more. I don't no. guess for people just to come by and take and leave. Hopefully, a he gets in to it. come back to it. But Glenn finally convinces Rosita to tell him where which direction Dwight took off in, because um, she he tells Rosita that Daryl's going to get himself killed. And so she finally tells him. And then we go to Daryl, and he's tracking, and he's got that crossbow, and he hears the rustle, and he just about shoots Rosita. Okay, did he miss her on purpose? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. That's she, Daryl Dixon. He could shoot the eyes out of a gnat at 100 yards. Of course he did. She was mad. Well, he was mad, too. And they fuss. Well, they argued a little bit, and then Glenn told uh, Daryl, that this is uh, maybe that was a foreboding comment he made. This is going to end bad or something like that. Yeah, he does tell him that. Yeah, yeah the, they're having a conversation. Daryl is, he tells them, you know, Daryl is the strong, silent type, right? Daryl doesn't do a whole lot of talking about his feelings and stuff like that. But he goes into the conversation about what happened with Dwight and how Dwight had tied him up and how he helped him and saved him, kind of. And then he ended up killing Denise. Right. And he he did it with Daryl's crossbow. And and mm -hmm. Daryl can't let this go. He just can't let it go. I get that, though. That's believable I I do, too, but I don't think that he would have chosen the reckless way to get Dwight. I just don't think so. I think think he would have enlisted some some help or, or at least consulted Rick. This is what I think. Maybe. Maybe. But he definitely feels responsible for Denise's death. He says he does. Glenn says it's going to go wrong out here. That's what he said. Yeah, Glenn promises him. He's like, it's going to go this wrong. This is going to go wrong out here. And, of course, it did. Just and, and he's also telling him the people back home need you. And they do. That's true. I mean, Glenn's this got his what pregnant we're all wife thinking. back yeah. there. Right. And Michonne makes him a promise that they're going to square this. We will do this. And Daryl, I mean, it looks like he might be swayed for a moment. But then he takes off, and then Rosita said, I can't take it either. She does. She does. And she follows him and Glenn and Michonne. Turn around and go back. I mean... So they're divided up, but what are they supposed to do? Uh, divide up. I mean, do you think? Well, I mean, Rosita and and Daryl are haunted by, by the, the event with Denise, and... Michonne and, and Glenn are not. And, have and they've the, got their loved ones back. See, both of them do. And Glenn, I mean, and uh, Daryl and Rosita don't. That's right. That's a great point. And plus, like you said, they're haunted by by what they lived through. I mean, that was really bad. And it just, you know, happened reasonably. Soon. No, but I think yours is the better point. 
I think that that Glenn and and Michonne have uh, other you know something else uh, bigger bigger concerns than just right. getting Dwight. They want to they want to get back to their who they love safely. Well, Glenn, they're they're walking back, and Glenn's saying. He is. He brought up kind of like what we brought up, I think, last week or week before. How lucky these people are that they met one another. You know, we were talking about this with Carol and Maggie and the Saviors when those women had them held Mm -hmm. hostage. And I said I think they would have ended up just like that had they been, you know, united with a group like that. Right. And this is kind of what Glenn was saying right there. Bad company corrupts good character. Right. But he was talking about just how incredibly lucky they are and how they've stuck together and now that they went and did all this stuff. And you can tell Glenn's still a little bit haunted by killing the people in their sleep and stuff. That's what I got out of him saying that and how the world just still isn't what they thought it was. And then they hear that whistle. Mm -hmm. That was haunting, wasn't it? Yeah, that wasn't good. It was a bad thing. And of course, there's old burn-faced Dwight. Well, they're know. surrounded. I mean, it's like, you know, Does one Dwight person... Dwight look like a meth addict or what? I mean, he's so skinny, and his face is burned. Of course, he's scraggly looking to begin with. and They've really got him fixed up to look like, like, like somebody might look in a zombie apocalypse, right? Because I'm picturing people being pretty skinny in a, in a land of scarce food and, uh, you know? And then we go to commercial at Mike. This commercial is Fear the Walking Dead. Now, they're taking some artistic liberties, don't you think, in these commercials? Yeah, what they're just what trying, do you think about the commercials? I think they're trying to trick us into watching the damn thing. Do you think? That's what I think. So, um, have they tricked you yet? What do you think? Do you think you're going to watch it? Oh, I'm going to have to watch it. I just don't want to talk about it. You don't think we're going to podcast we it? We probably you will. It? If you guys like The Walking Dead... Fear of the Walking Dead is supposed to be the prequel to The Walking Dead. I don't think we got that very much in the first part. I don't know what else they're going to show. Maybe we'll get more of that, even if it's in backstories. I know there's some, there's some on airplanes and stuff a like that. A lot of it occurs on an airplane more. and some that occurs on a boat. You know, and it brings up, you know, Steve Martin and, uh, and uh, John Candy, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles kind of theme. Everything, <laughs> everything except, you know, just your standard zombie apocalypse. You know, zombie, we see zombies at the beach. We see zombies in the ocean. We see zombies on an airplane. We see zombies on a on a boat and zombies underwater and and zombies everywhere except. We see the people turning into zombies or turning into something under the water. But anyway, they're they're really doing that. You're talking about artistic, and they really do do that well. But if you guys um, like The Walking Dead and you're going to watch Fear the Walking Dead, you still have a couple weeks to catch up. It's only six episodes the first part of Fear the Walking Dead. And we've got a podcast on that here on TribalRant.com if you guys want to catch up on that. And if you like it, it was one of our first podcasts. So, you know, we were brand new starting out, but you can let us know. And if you uh, would like to hear us do Fear, we're really on the fence about it right now. So, Well, I mean, and, and just sitting here thinking about it, if the show is half as good as the promotion... (laughs) <laughs> it'll be it'll be good. Won't it? I know. Yeah. If they put half as much energy into the show as they have into these commercials for the I show. I just don't trust these people. They suck you in. They do all this character development. And then they blow it up. I know. I know. But I don't know. But anyway, catch up on it and let us know what you think about it. I already don't like Negan. 
Oh, well, you're not supposed to like Negan, I don't think. I think we're all supposed to dislike Negan. He's like the governor's and we evil don't even twin know or him. something. Worse. Isn't he like worse than the governor, don't you think? Well, I, I, we'll see. Okay, so we we come back, and Rick and Morgan are finding blood in the grass. And this is where Morgan brings up how Rick sent Carol away from the prison, and they have that conversation. Now, all of you will remember that Carol, there was a sickness going through the prison. I can't remember all the details about it, but she did kill a couple people and burn their bodies. Before they turned. Before they died, before they died, and before they, of course, then subsequently turned. And yeah. Rick found out about that. Tyrese was really trying to find out who did that. Because, because it was his sister. He wanted to kill whoever right. did it. Well, well, and it was a scary time. You know, I mean, you had somebody doing something of their own accord against, you know, nobody even knew who was doing it. So that's pretty scary. And in order to further his philosophy and his ongoing uh, debate with Rick about, you know, how people can change, he told him the story about the wolf and how he had had uh, caught the wolf and befriended the wolf and well, he didn't put the, him, put the wolf in the, well, yeah, I'm just yeah. being sarcastic, put the wolf in the cell and, you know, then the wolf had had uh, escaped and taken Denise prisoner. And then in the end, when they were swarmed with zombies, the wolf, having a flash of what the Grinch must have had on the mountain where right. his heart grew ten times that day, right. tried to say, he died he while did. trying to save Denise. And therefore, Rick Denise. Grimes, I'm Morgan, and I'm telling you, people can change. Right. People can come back, is what he said. Well, right. Well, and I say BS. Okay. Well, he also went farther than that. He pointed out that because the wolf saved Denise. Now, that was a good point. That, got, no, no, it wasn't. Everybody thinks it wasn't. I'm going to tell you why it wasn't. I'm going to okay. tell you why it wasn't a good point. Okay. Because it makes me mad. Okay. Because everybody forgets the overall. But let me say this first. Carol came back. Rick banished her, and Carol came back and saved them in Terminus. That's saved everybody. Right. Yeah. She saved everybody. And they were stuck in and, the cattle car. Right. And that's where Rick or uh, Morgan is saying people can come back. You know, people come back and they can, you know, if you're merciful. You didn't kill Carol for what she did. And she came back and she saved you. Mm -hmm. He says, I didn't kill the wolf. And the wolf came back, saved Denise, which in turn saved your son. Let, let me tell you why this is flawed. Okay. This is flawed because if Morgan hadn't had Denise over there to begin with, Denise wouldn't have been out in the middle of that horde running around because he wouldn't have taken her prisoner. So she would have been there to save Carl anyway. She would Carl have been anyway. safe anyway. That's a fantastic point, and I'm glad you told me that because you I was had to just lie. about to just give Morgan just a little, the slightest break, but thank you for saving me from that terrible mistake. I had to because, see, Rick here... You can tell that he has a moment of, wow, Carl's alive because of what Morgan did. But that's not true. Carl's alive because Denise was there. And Morgan almost got Denise killed by putting her in that position. Period. If, more, if Denise had died, that would have been Morgan's fault. 
You're exactly the right. The fact that Denise was alive was not. I I still I hate Morgan just as much as I did well, when we good, started. Because that makes me mad. It makes really me mad that they're that. trying to turn that around into something are, like are that. Are you going to start hating Morgan with me? No, I'm okay. still not going to hate him. But I really, <laughs> I, I do dislike his philosophy. I think there's, I think that there's a need for everybody there. I think there's a like need for Steve the Steve Martin says everybody has a special purpose. Right. Right. You need the cooks. You need the gardeners. You need the doctors. Everybody doesn't have to do. Everybody does not have to be a warrior. You can have your warriors, and you can have other people that do other things that just can't stomach that stuff, or just it's just not their gift. I think it's okay if Morgan doesn't want to be that person, but he can't stop other people from doing it, and he can't try to find some roundabout way of why everything turned out good because he didn't. You know, because of what he did, because I didn't like that. So, didn't everybody do this though in this society? I mean, people push their personal, personal opinions and agendas and philosophies on other people. Organizations push their, their uh, beliefs on other organizations and, and are at odds with other organ- political parties. We see it now during the campaigns. You know, everybody tries to differentiate, differentiate themselves. Uh, liberals versus conservatives. Everybody's trying to 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 argue that their their way is better, and and if only these people would see things their way. And 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 there's no middle ground. There's no coming together. There's no trying. There's no really trying to understand somebody else's um, position because they're so addicted to their own. Don't we see that in society more so- and more? Are you saying Morgan, or are you saying Rick, or are you saying both? Uh, I'm just I'm just making a, a societal observation. I'm not. I mean, as far as you know, I agree with with Rick. I mean, we're in a zombie apocalypse. We cannot be picking this time to sing Kumbaya and let's let's you know you know buy the world a coke and. And and sing in perfect this harmony. Is, this is not Mad Men. This is not. Well, this is not. This <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I watched. That commercial when it came out long before Mad Men. Yeah, I, but Mad Men. I remember. Pegged that. I remember that commercial, but I'm telling you, this is not TV. the time to go with that. You know, uh, like to teach the world to sing philosophy. We can't. We can't be hugging these people. They don't. They don't want to hug. Well, this is you know, Morgan's kind of gone this way. I mean, he's still okay with self-defense, self-preservation. You could because you can see him. And he is out there with Rick. He went after Carol, to you know, with Rick. You know, yeah, like, like it or not, you know, he is participating in the I rescue guess, operation. I guess, but let's, no, but let's talk about this for a minute, because because of course he did kind of create Carol. He there's so much or he more pushed to her it. over the edge. Yeah, well, there's that, and then there's there's another thing too when we're getting to it. But first, they come across the zombie that looks like Carol from the back. Yeah, the did film. you notice that? Yeah, I noticed that. They said in Talking Dead last night that this zombie was picked because it looked, it looked like, like Carol. Carol, and it should look like Carol because it's someone who played Carol's body double. Oh, wow. And they dressed her up to do this. That's really of, neat. Yeah, wasn't that a cool thing? But she had her. She was a new zombie. She was a recent zombie. And she had it, her throat slit. And it, then we come across all the other people with their throats slit at the farm. That farmer, that barn, whatever that was. Right, so the saviors have been there. Well, and he was still there. Remember, somebody was still there. Somebody's looking for his horse. Well, that's what he said, but he's killing somebody as he's looking. Who, why do you have to kill somebody when you're looking for your horse? He was killing a zombie, wasn't he? Was it? I don't. 
Was I think it? it was a zombie. Yeah. Well, all those people on the ground weren't zombies, were I'm they? I'm pretty sure that guy was a zombie. That that, that What makes you him. say that? Because this woman was not a zombie, and I felt like she came from there, and then it showed somebody else on the ground. Maybe I'm wrong, but it no. showed somebody else on the ground that I thought had not turned and had their throat slit. I just thought it was a zombie. I don't know. Okay. Well, for some reason, I thought it wasn't, and I thought he was there killing people, but I don't know. You, you might be right about that. Hey, we're Morgan and Rick riding down the road. I don't know what to tell you. But then... The whole the the horde came. This guy takes off. Rick goes to shoot him. Oh, and Morgan pushed him away. That's when Rick should have shot Morgan. <laughs> that was really bad because what might this guy come back and do? No, no, yeah, Morgan has to hit has a a history of uh, of making poor decisions with saving people. I mean, if that well. All of them. Look, they've shown them time and again and again and Giving again. I know. I mean, if, if this shows taught us anything, it's I mean, look no at Dwight. mercy. Look um, at Dwight. I mean, this this whole that's all situation wouldn't exist. I know. I know. I mean, in this show, you they're they're certainly not showing us. Be their kind. awful decision. Their, I mean, their awful condition was was uh, kind of created by that one poor decision by Daryl not to kill Dwight in the woods. Well, Rick finds the spear that that guy dropped, and it's, again, the hilltop forged steel, so he thinks it's that that was a savior that was there. Right. As well. Or somebody from Hilltop, but more likely a savior. Right. Well, Rick says that, that he doesn't take chances anymore, and this is where Morgan actually went into the whole story about the wolf that we just talked about and everything. Um, and this is where Morgan tells Rick to go home. Mm-hmm. Rick is kind of moved by the fact that he now sees that Morgan had something to do with Denise being there to save Carl. And we've already decided that that's not it at all. Yeah, Morgan did the whole story. But Rick bought it, and it was it was pretty convincing. I see why Rick bought it without yeah, having any sleep. Yeah, and, you can tell he bought it. And then this is where Rick tells Morgan that uh, Michonne did steal that protein bar way back when. They had a little laugh and went their separate ways. Right. We go to commercial and we come back, and Rick is coming in and he's talking to Abraham that, and telling him that Morgan's still out there, and they're talking about, this is where Abraham talks about relationships right right if he's not afraid to let somebody close again i'm sure he knows that rick and michonne are a thing and that now he's you know close but wasn't abraham close with rosita i thought he was i i mean i did i didn't think he was he looked looked like he got pretty close to me but now abraham is that much more ready to tear the world a brand new yes he, he is and he puffs his cigar and they chuckle and they're looking down the road and um you know they're like any second now like everybody's going to be coming back and they're not not even close so then enid cuts maggie's hair what do you think about that i like their haircut yeah she's just cute she she could shave her yeah head. maggie could do whatever it doesn't matter yeah, she she's, could yeah tattoo she's, hair on her she scalp. can't mess up all um, that is maggie but Maggie, she wasn't on Talking Dead last night, but they had a clip of her saying that in the comic books, Maggie has short hair. And so that's why they decided to do that. It's like she's like in warrior mode now, 
and she just doesn't want any kind of hindrance at all, like having to stop and pull her hair back or hair getting in her face or anything like that. I thought she had kind of moved into I can't do it anymore mode and not warrior mode. Well, maybe warrior mom mode, kind of. You know, like now I don't want any distractions to protect this baby. There can be nothing to distract from that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And she started doubling over yeah, in pain. She's screaming. She's got some kind of problem. The bad problem, they cut board. straight to Glenn. Yep. Who's tied up in the woods with Michonne. They're bound and gagged. And then you see Daryl and Rosita, and you think, all right, all right, they're yeah, here I to know. stay. And, then, and the, then Glenn starts making a noise toward Daryl, and you think, what are you doing, Glenn? You can't be this stupid, right? And there's Wyatt right behind him. And then. And, and, yeah. And then he shoots him. He shoots him. We see Daryl's precious blood. And, well, I think it was computer over. generated, but, you know. All over the camera that was right there in Daryl's shoulder. And he said, you're, you'll be okay. There's lots of blood. Yeah, we don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. And we don't know We don't know what uh, what's going on. So we know that he's you know, somebody's shot and wounded. Well, it was Daryl. Yeah. That was Daryl shot. People immediately. That was like the shot heard, heard around the Twitter. People immediately took to Twitter. If Daryl dies, they've got. If Daryl dies, we riot everywhere, everywhere. Jillian, our daughter, our youngest daughter, was going to ride it on her window today, but she was afraid some people on her car window. But she was afraid some people hadn't hadn't maybe seen the episode, and she didn't want to. Didn't want to be a rolling spoiler. Right. So that's so, so considerate. So she didn't. Um, but next week we we're going to meet Negan. It's going to be a 90-minute episode. It's the season finale. Season finale. Um, Somebody's going to die for sure. I wonder how many are going to go. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned about next well, week. Well, you know, all these people are becoming pretty big stars because of the show. So in order to cut payroll, I think it's probably... You know, not not a bad idea. To I think you worry more about this payroll than the payroll people on Walking Dead. Anybody so who's frugal. ever owned a business understands what I'm talking okay. about. Okay. Um, on Talking Dead, Denise, the lady Denise that was on there, she said that we should all go follow G. Nicotero on Instagram. He puts up all these steals, like Instagram is, um, mainly of zombies and the stuff that they're doing and stuff like that and so i did that i went on that instagram page mm -hmm. and it is some great imagery really good imagery of some of the stuff that they're doing and um look like maybe, check that out yeah, yeah it's g n i c o t e r o hmm. on instagram okay and, thanks for um, that thanks for that yeah that was really cool i thought that was a pretty cool thing to follow but we hope you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rant and become part of our The Walking OG podcast. So, Mike, if people want to join our revolt against if Daryl dies, we riot. How do they connect with you on Twitter to tell you that? At Mike from TN. At Mike from TN because she was at Michelle from TN first. So I'm trying to be cutesy here and match my wife. So that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, and I am at Michelle from TN. Love see, to hear from see it. See how cute, yep. how cute we are. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribal rant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, so subscribe to us and keep in touch. 
Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing. And, of course, all this information is on tribalrant.com, where you can email us or leave us a message. We'd always love to hear from you and get your feedback. Quick reminder that Mike and I also do a Survivor podcast. Um, so if you like Survivor, tune into that podcast on tribalrant.com. It's called The Tribe Has Spoken. And just this season, we started the Americans podcast. Yeah, the we Amer- absolutely love it. It's fantastic, and it's going to have at least, what, two more seasons? Well, we don't know for sure, but that we was, know it's going to have one more. That season. was one of the, there. We know that they're already. I, I read that they're already writing the fifth season. It has not been re-upped yet, as far as I okay. know. But they are going ahead, so they they have high hopes That's for it. That's fair enough. Um, but it's a. It's a show on FX, an FX series about a KGB spy family that's integrated into Americana suburbia in the 1980s. And they just started their fourth season, but you can catch the first three seasons on Amazon Prime. It's really interesting. They're they're a spy family, or the mother and father anyway, in Virginia. And they live across the street from an FBI agent. It's fantastic. And they're friends. And it's it's dark, and it's horrifying. and And it's very nasty at times. So if you... You know, that kind of thing is offensive to you as it is to us. Be ready. Uh, there's uh, some pretty graphic sex scenes, but this is why they made remotes with fast forwards. <laughs> but you can catch up the first three seasons, and then if you've not seen it, it's pretty spectacular. We highly recommend it. It's a great series to binge watch. It's hard to turn off when you start it watching it. It really is, so. yeah. If you've got more episodes available to you, you will watch them, so... You were warned. Yep. Just get your popcorn ready. Yeah, get ready, and uh, maybe the next rainy weekend or rainy few days that you have off or something. Uh, but catch up on it if you need to, and then join us for our The Americans podcast. It's called American Reds, and that's here on TribalRant.com. Yep. That's another exciting one. But this, this Walking Dead season, the second half of it, there's always things that we can say about it, you know. But, I mean, it, it has not disappointed me at all. I think they've really went back. We talked about it last time a little bit. But no, it's, it's a good... We've it's a, really enjoyed it's, it's, it. It's really, uh, uh, it's really well done. So, if you don't have anything else about this episode, then we'll see you back next week. Hour and a half episode. Last episode of the series. And then we'll be done. And then that's going to be it. All right, well, we'll see you here next time. Okay. Okay. What is that, Mike? That's my notes. Okay. It's over. Okay. Done. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.